Let me ask you something. When you listen to my five a day episodes, do you make a note of all the new words and phrases? It would be useful for you to have the vocabulary written down with the meaning and the example sentence. I know you are quite busy, so I have done it for you. I'm giving you access to my five-a-day database. This is a Google spreadsheet with all the vocabulary covered from the very beginning of the five-a-day series. And it's constantly updated. Just use the link in the show notes to provide your email, sign up to my newsletter, and I'll send the database to you. Enjoy! Hello and welcome to the English Like a Native podcast, the listening resource for intermediate to advanced level English learners. My name is Anna and today we are talking about World Book Day. Thursday the 7th of March is World Book Day. Are you going to celebrate? If so, how? Perhaps every day is a book day for you. Chance would be a fine thing. <laughs> it's not easy to find time to get into a novel these days, I know. Nevertheless, we at Elan wanted to take the opportunity to recommend some books that we think are well worth the effort of finding the time to read every day or every other day at least. Our first book, A Week in December by Sebastian Fawkes, 2007. I think that the best way for me to introduce this book is by mentioning something that the author said in a magazine interview. He said that one day he had found his teenage son watching a football match on TV while playing fantasy football on his laptop. Fantasy football is a game where participants create their own imaginary teams online. The teams score points according to the performance of the real players in the real games. When Fawkes saw that the fantasy game was more important to his son than the real game, he realised that in contemporary life, many of us desire to live our lives one step away from traditional reality. You'll find examples of this throughout the novel. The financial market manipulator who has lost all emotional connection with his family. The tube train driver who escapes into literary novels and parallel life games on the internet. The son of a successful Asian businessman who has been radicalised and plans to commit a terrorist attack on a hospital. No less important to the story are an idealistic lawyer, an Eastern European football player getting to grips with a new culture and language, and a failed novelist turned embittered literary critic who attacks every novel that he reviews, preferring to champion 19th century works. These figures are all interconnected in this compelling exploration of London in the first decade of the 21st century. The characters seem so vivid that, although 
I first read the book more than 10 years ago, I still see them clearly in my mind. Sebastian Fawkes skillfully weaves their stories together with a convincing narrative and memorable observations. You can see the book as being a reflection on the challenges and contradictions of the contemporary world, or just as an engrossing series of windows into the very different lives that people not so far away from us lead. As you can guess, the story takes place during the seven days before Christmas. The wife of a Conservative MP is organising a dinner party, which she hopes will help him to further his career. The characters that we follow during the week have either been invited to the dinner party or have an important connection with those that go. Finally, some of them come together and we can listen in on the dinner party conversations and see how they get along or not together. I think that if you've ever looked at a group of people at an airport or in an audience at an event and wondered about their lives, their real lives, you will enjoy this novel. A measure of how strongly I recommend this book is that now, having told you a little bit about what I remember, I want to go back and read it to find all the good bits that I have forgotten. Read it with curiosity and I'm sure it will reward you. Book number two, A Spot of Bother by Mark Haddon, 2006. In Britain... If you say you are in a spot of bother, then you are really understanding the fact that you have a considerable problem. You might be aware that we Brits like to downplay serious or significant things. When looking out of the window in the morning to see the garden flooded, we might say something like, oh, I think it rained last night. Or perhaps you've seen the sketch in the film Monty Python and the Holy Grail, where the white knight cuts off the black knight's arm with his sword. The black knight keeps fighting until both his arms and legs have been cut off, saying, It's just a scratch, a flesh wound. In the novel A Spot of Bother, Retired civil servant George Hall is certain that a lesion on his thigh is a form of skin cancer. Rather than accept the diagnosis of eczema from his doctor, George becomes paranoid. He is heavily preoccupied and attempts to cut out the lesion with a pair of scissors. Perhaps the lesion is the central spot of bother, but in this case, instead of underplaying the significance of something serious, in George's mind, a simple skin condition is transformed into a life-threatening and life-changing event. For some reason, it's not something that he is able to talk about with his wife or grown-up children. I'll quote a paragraph from the book to give you a flavour of the style of the writing and George's state of mind. Talking was, in George's opinion, overrated. 
You could not turn the television on these days without seeing someone discussing their adoption or explaining why they had stabbed their husband. Not that he was averse to talking. Talking was one of life's pleasures, and everyone needed to sound off now and then over a pint of red ale about colleagues who did not shower frequently enough or teenage sons who had returned home drunk in the small hours and thrown up in the dog's basket. But it did not change anything. While George is going through his private agonies, the rest of his family and those connected with them are just trying to get on with their lives, lurching from crisis to crisis as they do so. One critic wrote that when reading this book, you don't know whether to laugh or cry. The observations are very close to the bone at times, full of humour but also tremendous compassion. You get the internal thoughts of each character as they try to make sense of what one another is doing. They think they make what they believe to be the best and we get to laugh and frown with them at the consequences. A Spot of Bother is a poignant and bittersweet tale. Some of the behaviour of the characters might frustrate you or you might wonder why they are behaving the way that they do. I think that this is a sign of the way that Haddon makes us care about them. They seem relatable, either in the form that we find them in the book or by reminding us of people that we know who have similar traits. I instantly had the feeling that the characters could easily be my neighbours, people from my workplace or even my friends. In addition, I would say that if you're interested in how British people really speak to one another, then this book comes highly recommended to you. I enjoyed reading it just as much as I would enjoy going on holiday. Book number three, Tuesdays with Maury by Mitch Albom, 1997. This book tells us the story of the transformative and heartwarming real-life journey that the author takes through his reunion with a former college sociology professor, Maury Schwartz. The story begins when Mitch, the author himself, stumbles upon a television interview that reveals Maury's battle with a myotrophic lateral sclerosis, ALS also known as motor neuron disease, a terminal illness which Stephen Hawkins suffered from for most of his life. Filled with remorse for losing touch with his mentor, Mitch attempts to reconnect with Maury. The narrative beautifully retells the conversations that they have during their Tuesday meetings. Through their dialogue, Maury's Philosophy on living a meaningful and fulfilling life unfolds and Mitch finds himself not only absorbing these insights but also undergoing a profound personal transformation. One of the central themes explored in the book is the impact that societal expectations and the pursuit of material success have on us. Maury challenges Mitch to question conventional notions of success and happiness 
advocating for a life filled with meaningful connections, love and self-awareness. The narrative also expresses the concept of death as being a natural part of life. Maury's acceptance of his impending mortality becomes a source of inspiration for Mitch, prompting him to confront his own fears and reevaluate his priorities. Album's writings not only captures the intellectual richness of Maury's teachings, but also paints a vivid picture of the evolving relationship between the two characters. The emotional depth of their connection, coupled with Maury's wit and humour in the face of adversity, adds layers of authenticity and warmth to the narrative. Mitch Albom's journey with Maury serves as a reminder to us that we should cherish meaningful connections, embrace life's uncertainties and prioritise the things that truly make life worthwhile. The Tuesday meetings become a ritual and a commitment between the two, providing a structured framework for them to share and discuss various aspects of life. These regular encounters allow Mitch Album to not only absorb the invaluable insights Maury imparts about love, life, work and the human experience, but also to offer support to Maury in his final days. By sharing the conversations with us in this book, Album preserves and passes on the wisdom and encouragement of his former mentor to a much greater audience than would otherwise have been possible. In the shadow of mortality, this book shines with spirit. Book number four, The Thursday Murder Club by Richard Osman, 2020. Another book with a day of the week in the title and another book rich in characters and authentic everyday language. This time, though, we have a murder to investigate or rather the elderly residents of the fictional Cooper's Chase Retirement Village do. Joyce is new to the retirement village and she is quickly charmed by the energy and life of residents such as Elizabeth, a former intelligence agent, Ibrahim, a former psychiatrist, and Ron, a former union leader with a checkered past. To quote Joyce, Cooper's Chase is full of people who have done something or other with their lives. There's someone who helped design the Channel Tunnel, someone who has a disease named after them, and someone who was the ambassador to Paraguay and Uruguay. When they discover a shared interest in solving crimes, Joyce, Elizabeth, Ibrahim and Ron form the titular Thursday Murder Club and discuss unsolved cases that Elizabeth brings in from her past experiences. The peaceful routine takes an unexpected turn when a real murder occurs in their community. One of the business partners of Ian Ventham, a very dodgy property developer, and the owner of the retirement home is found dead. And the Thursday Murder Club decides to put their investigative skills to the test. They collaborate with the local police to unravel the mysteries surrounding the murder. 
The further into the case they get, the more the members of the Thursday Murder Club find themselves caught up in a complex web of secrets, motives and unexpected twists. Joyce notices that her life has changed when she records in her diary that I have become someone who has to keep their mobile on. The novel combines elements of a cosy mystery with humour and wit, offering a fresh perspective on crime solving through the eyes of a group of retirees. The characters' unique backgrounds and personalities contribute to the charm of the story and their interactions add depth to the narrative. The plot is engaging and the action presents the characters as being full of desire for purpose and excitement in the later stages of life. In the spirit of criminal investigations, I have a confession to make. I haven't even finished the book yet. It's one of those where I don't really need to find out who committed the crime or who done it, as we sometimes say. I just want to keep spending time with the characters and reading their points of view based on their life experiences. That's a really clever thing about having older characters in the book. They've lived through a lot and have plenty to say. Well, I've recently discovered that there are three sequels to the 2020 original, so I can go ahead and finish it in the knowledge that it won't be the end of my time at Cooper's Chase. Before I go back to the first novel in this shortlist, One Week in December by Sebastian Fawkes, I'll get back into The Thursday Murder Club. I hope these descriptions have whetted your appetite for World Book Day. Whatever you choose to read, don't forget that reading in English is a great way to improve your language skills and to have a good time. Whether you want a murder mystery, a philosophical work, a look at contemporary life or just a damn good laugh... There's something for everyone, every day, in the world of books. And if you have any suggestions, then feel free to share with us. Until next time, I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day. Take care and goodbye.